Hello there and welcome to the Angie McPherson Show. Let me tell you this right now, this is a good episode. I talked to Caitlin James. She is a 15-year wedding photographer, also runs a very successful online education business for wedding photography. She has over 30,000 students in her online programs. She actually also runs multiple businesses. So she co-owns an entrepreneurial-based micro school. The kids there are from ages five to 12 and up. So she's literally helping to raise future entrepreneurs. And if that seems interesting to you, just you wait until you hear all the things she's doing with their students, with her kids, tips she's giving us to raise future entrepreneurs. We also talk about the power of personal branding, really doing things different in your business and not staying the traditional route of, you know, linear entrepreneurship. So I'm excited to share this one with you. So dive in now. Hey friend, and welcome to the Angie McPherson Show, your go-to talk show style podcast for all things business and marketing, where we mix fun, entertainment, and inspiration to help you craft your dream business and life. I'm Angie McPherson, an industry-leading branding photographer, marketing strategist, and ultimate hype woman for entrepreneurs, here to share a decade's worth of knowledge and experience. So listen in for unfiltered stories, interviews with ambitious entrepreneurs just like you, and discussions on marketing, productivity, resilience, and more. Get ready for tips, laughter, and often a playful game to fuel your entrepreneurial journey. Let's dive into the episode. Hello, Caitlin. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm so oh, excited about this. <laughs> I'm so excited. I feel like this conversation with you is going to go in so many different directions because you are such a multi-passionate entrepreneur. And I, I'm giving myself permission to go deep with you today because I yes. know I know how you and I can get. We yes. can talk about the lighthearted stuff, but we can also <laughs> dig really deep. <laughs> Which is so good. Those are the best kind of friendships. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so for everyone listening, we have Caitlin James. She's a mom, a wife, wedding photographer turned online educator. She's You've been in business for 15, 15 plus years. 15 years. Yes. Th this August, it'll be 15 years. I 15 can't believe it. 15 years. Caitlin has over 30,000 students in her industry-leading educational programs. And one of those is me. I've, I've <laughs> taken a ton of courses from you Sweet. <laughs> over the last two years. Um, and you also co-own an entrepreneurial-based micro-school. Yes. And we're definitely going to dive into that because I didn't know this was a thing. I didn't know that there were schools that are raise helping to raise our raise our kids and foster them in this way of the entrepreneurial world and i wish i wish i would have had that when i was in at least high school and your kids are like young <laughs> doing oh this. yeah There's, she's my oldest out of four is six yeah. so oh my gosh yes. so let's let's definitely dive into that but first you i just said you do a lot of things you do a lot of things yes. in business you own multiple businesses I'm in your mastermind. I've been to your home. I've seen your team in action. I've, I want to talk about how you do it all because so many people listening, they, they might offer, offer a service or a product, but they're like, oh, I'm very passionate about this. I also want to do this, but I don't want to stray away from this traditional path that I've been on where I get the business license, I get the website, I get the social media, I do the service, and I'm five to 10 years in business. And it's like, I haven't really like grown outside the norm. So how in the world did you get to where you are? Because you started shooting weddings in college. Yes. You never went the nine to five route. Never. 
Never, so you I never non-traditional from the jump. <laughs> never had a real job. Uh-huh. Um, we were we were joking about when we started the micro school. We had to get resumes for some positions to fill for guides. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't have teachers. We have guides, which are more uh-huh. like co- coaches. Yeah. Um, it's a really cool model. Anyway, so. My brother-in-law, who is in HR, works for a startup, and he he just has a lot of experience in that world. Um, he, I told him, I'm like, you know what I'm realizing? I don't even know really what a resume is. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've never had to complete one, uh-huh. and I've never looked at them because I've hired my family, which yeah. I didn't require a resume for. So right. <laughs> I really don't have experience in the uh-huh. normal HR world at all. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. Um, what, is, what does your team look like on, on the business side? Yes. On the business side, um, my sister is the CEO. Mm-hmm. So my sister, Emily, um, so she literally runs, you know, she runs yeah. the show. Um, <laughs> and then we have a customer support specialist, which is my sister-in-law, Morgan. Mm-hmm. And then we have a community um, kind of specialist. And also she's helping us with some marketing things. That's our girl, Casey. Yeah. Tyler Harrington is, does video and the media yelp. stuff mm-hmm. for us. He's not like a salaried employee, but he might as well be because right. he literally just <laughs> every day I'm on the phone with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have someone who obviously does bookkeeping and CPA work. We have someone who does, um, actually Facebook ads and some financials for us. Nice. And then, mm-hmm. um, but those are all contracted workers and which we all, you know, a lot of businesses have a lot of those roles, but it's actually a relatively small team for, you mm-hmm. know, multi-million dollar business. And, yeah. um, it, I think, you know, your question about like, how do you do, um, how do you branch out from like, right. you have this one business, how do you, right. I think having a team that allows me to do what only I have to do. But let, can I just be very frank and honest? Please. I cry <laughs> probably once a week about how I feel like I can't do it all. Oh, wow. So the it's not. The mm-hmm. str- yes. And like we are truly in a season of like we're slightly in over our heads because mm-hmm. we started the school, which you wouldn't call that a business, but it is a business. It is, it is yeah. a for-profit business yeah. where we are Filling us, we're filling a need, creating an amazing solution, and um, some people make theirs nonprofits. We are not currently a nonprofit, and mm-hmm. um, but the goal was never. The goal is not to turn a profit. The goal is to create a amazing childhood and educational experience for our children and others. Yeah, and um, which we can dive into. But I mm-hmm. think the core, I, I think the foundational thing people need in order to build something else is that they have to have an innate desire to create something for the good of what they want for their life. Because Mm -hmm. like we never, if you had told me 12 years ago, Hey, you're going to start a school. I probably (laughs) would have thrown up. Like I'm like, no, (laughs) ew. Why would I have, I have zero interest in education for children. I don't even know Mm -hmm. if I want to be a mom. And everything changes when you see a need in your own life. And your children, for me, my children spurred on this desire to figure out, like, there's got to be a different way to do this. Like, yeah. Uh, and, and so me pursuing something else stemmed from a personal desire to change something in my life and in my children's life. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. whenever I, I start a business from that root cause, yes. it flourishes. Whenever I start a business just because, like, oh, maybe I could add some more income, it, mm-hmm. it struggles. And that is a pattern. Oh. So. Yeah, so your your purpose is at the forefront before anything. Yes. And yes. what I love about you is 
you have such a strong personal brand. I mean, you are the queen of personal branding. People love Sweet. KJ. They love being in the KJ community, your students, your brides. You you build community wherever you go. And I'm sure your school is a community. Everything that you touch it is. turns it into is. a community. <laughs> and, and so when I think about like how you built this team, I think for me personally, to be honest, I have I have a virtual assistant. Yes. And then I brought on Kat as my integrator for one quarter. And I, you know, I've, I've been in business for 11 years and it's taken me this long to not do everything myself because I'm I like, know. oh, I'm this strong personal brand. I want to put myself out there. I don't want a bunch of hands, you know, like answering DMs or answering emails and things like that. And so I'd love for you to, to coach me because yes. you are still a strong personal brand. And I feel like some people probably, probably struggle with bringing on a team or bringing on extra help because they know that building a personal brand is important, but mm -hmm. they don't want to let go of it. They think that maybe bringing on extra hands is going to remove them from being the mm -hmm. face of their business. And that's not the case for you. You're still the face. Yes. And I think they need, you know, one thing, one thing that would be helpful is to think through, um, there's external messaging and internal mm -hmm. messaging. And mm -hmm. depending on where your messaging is coming from, it can be either automated or duplicated by someone else. So you got to mm -hmm. decide, is the external the personal brand? Probably in a right. lot of ways. Um, right. Because getting an assistant to get on your Instagram account and show up on stories as you talking about your life, that's not going right. to work. No. But <laughs> but you can totally train someone to be the internal voice of your brand. And mm -hmm. that takes away an entire workload from you. Um, yes. And it is hard because the first time that someone, a team member, comes to you and says, hey, I responded to this person and told them this. And you're like, oh, that's not what I would have said. <laughs> right. You can, that's you my can, fear. yes, that's like you're either, done. Forget it. I'll answer everything exactly. from now on. Exactly. <laughs> yes. It, it's fight or flight. It's you go into this mode of like, see, I told you I mm -hmm. can't have a team. Yeah. But instead, what if you use that as an opportunity of like, okay, I just created a whole list of things not to say, mm -hmm. <laughs> and we're going to, and we're going to try again tomorrow. Right. And, and you're going to empower that person to be even more of who you want them to be as a, as an employee. Mm -hmm. And, um, I have just found that like, it really takes an entrepreneur, a lot of trust and a lot of trial and error to get to a place where they can truly feel like I'm delegating. Mm -hmm. I am handing things off. Um, I, I feel like for me, it has happened in like seasons and I feel like the seasons are normally like a dump and then I spend time getting used to it and then it's another dump of things. I'm dumping yeah. off some of the burden to other people okay. and it has, did not happen all at once. I mean, mm -hmm. at first, I would only let my sister post images on a Facebook album. That's all I would let her do. <laughs> and now... Now she is building and setting up the integrations and sales pages that literally bring in multi-million wow. dollars a year. Wow. And she, and oh. she's self, and this is what's powerful. She's self-taught. I mm -hmm. don't know these things. So yes. by trusting an employee and finding their gift, mm -hmm. I, my business has actually created a mega valuable player in the game for our business. Mm -hmm. Emmy could go and I don't tell her this, but she probably could go make more than she makes with me because oh, of what gosh. she's because of what she knows in her head. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. people would pay big time money to have an Infusionsoft expert at their yeah. disposal. And yeah. that's what she is. So um, it has benefited me to have that level mm -hmm. of skill. But I only got an employee with that level of skill by trusting by in trusting. the beginning. And yeah. with her taking 
all of that, you are still building this big personal brand that really scales the multiple businesses. Can you, can you talk to me about, is, is that like your secret weapon with launching something completely different and it just being mm-hmm. successful is because people know you, they know KJ, they trust you. You built that brand. Like you have done so many different things and people just follow you. They go wherever mm-hmm. you go. Mm-hmm. I do think, and, and I struggled with this at the beginning because I thought when we launched the school, I thought, okay, I've got a decent following. A lot of them are local. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll be able to reach enough people to fill this first studio of learners. Mm-hmm. And we did, but they weren't all just KJ connected to KJ fans, you know, right? a, a chunk of them were. Right. But then what I realized is that the network of the type of people that are attracted to our brand that got started at the school, which is called Acton Academy, mm-hmm. um, people started talking to their friends and then they attracted yeah. more. And what is so cool is that when I go, we have a parent brunch this Friday that Michael's leading and he like educates, Aww. he educates the parents. And so I just get to go and be a parent, which is so cool. <laughs> um, but when you look around the room, mm-hmm. majority, I'd say nine, 85, 90% of the parents in that room are on their own entrepreneurial. We call it um, at the school, we call it a hero's journey. They're wow. on their own hero's journey to find their calling to change the world. Uh-huh. So some of them are boutique oyster farmers. Some of them own, you know, uh, they basically are coaches for people who do direct sales and they have a massive insert. One of them just launched a book. One of them, all these parents are entrepreneurs and fighting for how can I contribute and build my own life? And so Mm -hmm. my business as the KJ brand attracted enough people that like what we're doing in our life to where we said, Hey, we want this for our children. If there's anyone mm-hmm. else out there that wants it for theirs, come find us. And they did. And I do think that there's an element of like um, Seth Godin talked about recently in a some real, I saw this interview where he said, if you can figure out, like right now we play the game on Facebook and Instagram and, and TikTok. We play their game. We do the entertaining thing, yeah. right? And, and we're playing to what they want us to do. But the true power of a brand is when you can build something so strong that people attach and say, I want to be in this with you and Mm -hmm. I'm going to go find someone else to be in it with us. You've got 10,000 followers. You double to 20,000 instantly. You've got to find a way to get people attached. And I truly believe that it's rooted in trust. I think Mm -hmm. people trust Michael and I, and you know, that's scary and intimidating, but I think because they (laughs) trust us, they follow us. If they didn't Mm -hmm. trust us, they would watch from a distance. Right. And, and so what do you say for those listening who might say, how in the world do I do I build that trust? Maybe they're thinking, you know, I'm not interesting enough or I've just been through so much that I don't know if anybody really cares about. Like, like what advice can you give to that person who's just sitting on what they think is just this boring, <laughs> mundane life, yes. which is actually so impactful and powerful to specific mm-hmm. people? Oh, well, I have so many thoughts, but the heart, <laughs> the hardest, most challenging thing that I would say to them is sit down and think about what you get out of playing small, mm. because Ooh. you're sitting there telling yourself all these beliefs that may or may not be true. And it gives you permission to constantly not show up because yes. if you, if you believe that the world doesn't care about you and you say that constantly, like, I'm just boring. I don't have a story. My life's too crazy. No one will be interested you know what, like what you get out of that is permission to not even try. You don't Mm -hmm. have to enter into the risk of putting yourself out there and you get to feel sorry for yourself. It's, it's just, 
this is very, it's hard, but it's a form <laughs> of a victim mentality. Like, woe yeah. is me, no, no one's going to care. So let's, mm-hmm. my first encouragement would be to challenge that thought. And is there a way that we can flip it and say, I have in the past, up until now, I have believed that people don't mm-hmm. care about me. Right. But what if there was another option and what if they do? And what if you really start to think through, what do you like seeing in other people's lives? The truth is mm-hmm. people don't resonate with pictures of my house, right? right. That's what people right. always say is the excuse. I don't have a big, white, pretty house like mm-hmm. you, Caitlin, or mm-hmm. I don't have a cute dog. Well, I got rid of my dog, so that's not an excuse anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a long story. He started biting oh, my kids. <laughs> but, okay, but actually, let's let's use that as an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to be a dog person, and mm-hmm. that was a part of my brand. Huge my dog, part, yeah. Huge part. I mean, mm-hmm. we were puppy parents yeah. long before we were real parents. Yeah. And... But the dog wasn't a kid dog, mm-hmm. right? The key, mm-hmm. he, Boca did not love our babies. Oh, wow. And if I had really leaned into that story and that mm-hmm. pain point, and mm-hmm. people have been a part of the story of like, what do you do, puppy parents? When like yeah. you bring a baby into your life and your first baby can't handle it. Right. And it's a dog that yeah. could go to grandma's. Like yeah. it was a struggle. Yeah. Um, that is personal content that you cannot plan, but is powerful because mm-hmm. how many other people have dealt with like had an animal that we couldn't keep? That's heartbreaking. Right. Um, right. So when I give that example, I give it because it is not what people think a personal brand is, mm-hmm. but that's a real life situation that's not flashy. It's a little sad. It's a little depressing, but you can ask for advice. You can be vulnerable and share like, this is a struggle in our house. I don't know about right. you. And it just makes you a person. So the goal is not to be this aspirational, inspirational, impressive figure online. Yeah. It's to be a human. Mm, that's so. That's good because I, I do see a lot of people just saying, well, I just have to position myself up here and that's going to bring in the audience and the trust and the revenue, et cetera, et cetera. And, and you're saying like, keep it real. <laughs> keep it yes. You don't have yes. to be Oprah. You can be no. you. <laughs> yes. And like, I think what's fascinating and what I'm really realizing recently is that like, we get into the space of like, I need Instagram to, um, to be pre-planned, I'm going to have all my content buckets and I'm going to plan, plan, plan and schedule, schedule, schedule. And mm-hmm. the truth is a personal brand that's really engaging cannot be pre-planned fully. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm seeing that in my everyday life. I'm seeing the best things that people resonate with are the little moments that I like decide to pick up my camera and which is not that often, but it's, yes. I, I said last night on a Voxer message that like my husband got mad at our three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and threw a car in the trash can because he was, you know, and and in the world of gentle parenting, which I mm-hmm. fully believe that we can, you know, raise our children without being harsh. Like we right. believe in that. But uh, you don't hear about parents losing their mind and throwing their cars in the trash and then right. digging through leftovers to find the car. <laughs> right. I, I had 23 DMs about that. Wow. Wow. Because it's it's so real. It's so real. We've done that. Our spouses yes. have done that. And I know my audience, like I know that Mm -hmm. my audience has grown with me and they're around my age and a lot of them have toddlers and young children. And so that is the people that believe they have nothing to offer are Mm -hmm. normally the people that don't need more and more interesting life. They need a different perspective of what Mm -hmm. personal branding really is and their value as a person. Yes, definitely. Definitely their value. And and what about... What about people specifically, you and I have both been through this, but just having really hard 
things that happen in the midst of running a business. I remember Mm -hmm. when I was diagnosed with cancer, I didn't even know how I should talk about it, if I should talk about it. And when I was on the desperate search of Instagram of, okay, what other business owners have gone through cancer? So I can see how they navigate it, how they talk about it. I could barely find anything. I even did an Instagram story and said, look, I'm desperate. If you know anyone who's been diagnosed with cancer, who runs a business, who is a mom, like basically checking everything off of my my life, can you send me their profile if they've talked about it? It was almost yes. crickets. It was almost crickets. And I and I I was like, I can take this and and make it make this my purpose to help other people going through this. So I started to talk about it. I started to share my chemo journey and radiation and surgery and I shaved my head and put it on Instagram reels and the amount of it was twofold. The amount of support I got was overwhelming. Like I had the support of my family my close friends, but to have thousands and thousands of people supporting me on Instagram, through my emails, my Facebook community, it was like, I'm so glad that I did this because when I couldn't get out of the bed, they got me out of the bed, you know? And then on the other side, it has been three years. Um, Still to this day, I get weekly DMs from people saying either I've been diagnosed, my mom's been diagnosed, my sister, what should I get her for her chemo days? Or you know what? I just binged your Instagram reels mm-hmm. and I had a lump in my breast. So I decided to go to the doctor and I found out I had cancer. I have so many oh of those messages saying I found out I had cancer because I was too afraid to go to the doctor and you motivated me to go. And now I'm in treatment. And I'm just like, what if I, what if I did not share any of this? What, and, yes. and you know, and like, what if your story was just painful and you didn't, you just sat in your pain and did nothing with it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I know it's hard for people to share Mm -hmm. these things, but if you, if you look at it from a different perspective, like you said, it can really be so impactful for you, for your community. And you do such a, Mm -hmm. such a great job with that, Caitlin. You really do. Everything that has been going on with you in the past 15 years, I'm just like, how does she just stand up and just speak from this positive, encouraging, um, fortitude. I'm just, I'm just so inspired by you. And thank you for, well, that is very sweet. Yeah. So sweet. I, I think when I think about your story, Mm -hmm. I think about how you totally had every right to take a break and back away. Mm -hmm. And the unknown, I think the unknown, the uncertainty of seasons of life, um, can be incredibly, uh, as my six-year-old would say, nervousing. <laughs> she she says, it's funny, she made up that word and I laughed at her for it, but now I've been using it on accident. I'm like, wait, 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 Caitlin, you just said that on a podcast. Nervousing's not a word. Um, but I think showing up in amidst the fear mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is something that not everyone can do and not everyone has to do, but some people right. are called to it. And right. um this past fall, we had a hard season with one of our children with some medical stuff. And mm-hmm. in the midst of it, I was so overwhelmed. It was not the right time to share yeah. because mm-hmm. my sharing would have been just a victim story. It just would have been, woe is me. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. so hard, which is fine to live in for a while. But yeah. I try to wait until I see a little bit of that light mm-hmm. and I start to gain perspective. Like, 
Our family is actually healthier because we have a child that needed us to get rid of some junk in our lives. Wow. And I'm wow. starting to see the purpose of his struggle. And, yeah. um, you know, something that we haven't really shared much about is that like um, some of his struggle could potentially have been caused from the fact that he was growing in a womb that was in a stressful environment. I got oh. pregnant with him three months after his stillbirth. Yeah. Neurologically, yeah. there's studies that, I mean, maybe not, maybe it's not it, but neurologically, mm-hmm. there's studies that show that the stress of in a woman's body can cause certain things to happen in, um, in an infant uh, that's growing mm-hmm. in utero. And I'm like, okay, maybe or maybe not. But if that was true, what does that mean? Well, I got angry about it right. because it's a right. whole part of the grieving process. Like, why is this mm-hmm. my story? Well, yeah. I realize now once I shared blips, just one Instagram story about yeah. My child has a high toxic load stuck in his body and we're trying to figure out how to detox him. Wow. Oh my gosh. Hundreds of DMs of moms struggling with the Mm -hmm. same thing. So the Mm -hmm. pain, I'm just, it's a story of my life. It's not just losing a child. And for you, it's not just battling cancer. It's like, I believe the story in general, like the thing, the waves of hills and valleys that come into Mm -hmm. our lives are purposeful if we choose to see it that way. Same thing with content for a personal brand. The little things, the insignificant things, it is, it can all be person, person, what am I saying? Purposeful. As long (laughs) as we, it is, as long as we have the mind to see it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so anyway, I, I applaud you for showing up in a way that allows people to see you in a vulnerable place and you literally are saving lives. I mean, literally, same thing happens for me with stillbirth awareness, stillbirth Mm -hmm. moms that that message me saying, my best friend is losing a baby. I don't even know how to talk to her. Um, And it is one of the greatest joys of my life to see the purpose of my struggle and my son's life help others. And I'm sure you feel the same way with your story. Mm -hmm. So same. Well, yeah, it, every time, every time you show up in so many different ways, I'm just like, she's doing it and she is helping so many people and it inspires me to do the same thing. So thank you. Thank you for showing up the way that you do. Um, I'd love to chat about your school because I wish I lived closer to you. We are about an hour and 15 minutes away. After the mastermind event, the first night I was driving home and I thought, can I make this drive every day to take my kids to this school? (laughs) Because it is so inspiring. And I, I never really thought of like, I bring my kids into my business. They know I'm a photographer. They know, you know, mommy takes pictures, but they don't know like this entrepreneurial world. And so after the event and and hearing on your podcast, talking about the things they were doing, I actually mentor a group of four high school students at a local high, at a local high school in an entrepreneurial academy. And so I go there every month. They have a product that they've created and I help them. Uh, think about marketing and, you know, uh, customer service and all that. I go there every month. And my son, Koa, he's nine. He had a day off last month. And I was like, you know what? Caitlin's doing all these cool things with her kids. Let me bring him to this meetup. And I thought he was just going to sit on, sit on the side, not pay attention. And he was pretty quiet the whole time. I mean, he's nine. He's so tall that we were walking through the high school and the, my students thought he was a student at the high school. Yes, I, like, I bet. Nine. You're tall. So, you were tall. I know. Sean and I are both tall. So when he and I left, 
He said, Mom, that was so much fun. I want to start a business. And I was like, oh, music to my ears. And he was like, can I come back with you every month? And how are they going to do this? And do they need to make a website? And it was just like, my mind was like, oh, my gosh, I have to cultivate this. And so you are doing this with an actual school. Tell, I mean... I want you to I want you to tell tell the listeners what this is because I knew nothing about this type of school yes. before yes. I learned about it. That oh gosh. Well, I got to watch myself because I could talk about this for like literally the rest <laughs> of the I, uh-huh. I, and I try to hit like the key points, but let I'll start with what we didn't want. We mm-hmm. didn't want our daughter with the vibrancy she has, the the she loves to figure stuff out. And statistically, After about two to three years in a traditional setting, learning is not something young people care about anymore because it kind of gets, what's the best word? It just gets killed. It gets squashed. Mm -hmm. Like the love of learning disappears Mm -hmm. after about two to three years in a traditional setting because Mm -hmm. you are told what to learn, how fast you have to learn it, and you're compared if you're catching up to the other people. And you're tested by memorization, and then you move on to the next thing. Right. So... We didn't know what we wanted to do with our children because I'm like, I want the freedom of homeschool where we could do like two hours of work in the morning and then they can like help me run my business. They could do life. They could go on field trips. But I can't be a homeschool mom. That's Mm -hmm. not me. I'm not made for that. Um, And so (laughs) we found this model. It's the Acton Academy model, which is self-directed learning, which means that, yes, they learn how to read and write and do math. But they do that through technology. They do that on their own pace. My daughter is flying through Dreambox. Flying. Wow. And when she's done, does she have to do math the rest of the year? No. Does she have to do math next year? No. She could hold off. She doesn't. There's no. Because we let her be on her own journey to read. And she's on Mm -hmm. a third grade reading level. She doesn't know that because she doesn't know what grade levels are. Because we don't have grade. We don't have grade levels. Um, wow. She taught herself to read because it was not forced on her. It was a mm-hmm. passion. And now she's passionate about learning. So mm-hmm. this school model, it allows self-direction. It allows learners to feel engaged and in charge of their own learning instead of someone dictating and saying, do this, this, and this. And right. the big, the biggest thing is it forces children to take responsibility and learn how to step up for themselves. No one's mm-hmm. going to tell them do this, do that. You've got to do it yourself. So it's self-governed. Like um, the Discovery wow. Studio, which is six-year-olds all the way through a 10, almost 11-year-old. This is a group of learners, multi-age, and they run the show themselves. Miss Ariel, the guide, can go down and they know exactly what to do. They set the timer. Everyone gets on task. The timer buzzes. They do studio maintenance and someone's vacuuming and someone's wiping tables and someone's taking out the trash. And if wow. someone doesn't, and when the buzzer goes off after that, which happened recently to someone we won't name, if the buzzer <laughs> goes off and they're not around the circle, mm-hmm. they vote on a consequence. And someone got a consequence yesterday because oh they weren't gosh. done with their job in time. So they love their freedom. They love mm-hmm. their studio and they will do anything to fight to keep their freedom. And so yeah. they self-govern because they want, they love where they are. But most children don't love school, so there's nothing to fight for, right? Right. It's just right. something you have to get through. So in all of that, what happens is that young people that take control and love to learn, they like to solve problems. 
And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you like to solve problems, what most likely are you going to end up doing with your life? Become an entrepreneur. It just <laughs> yep. it just naturally flows out of them. So we're we're in the business of solving problems. That's what entrepreneurs yes. do. We solve problems. <laughs> yes. And how can a child learn how to solve a problem when they are told that the only way you solve problems are on worksheets where there's one answer? You solve mm. a problem this way or else you get a D. You solve a problem mm-hmm. right this way or else you flunk. You do so instead for us, we we recognize that if Evie, my daughter, is going to find her calling that will change the world, and maybe it's not her forever calling, but it's her passion, it's her gift, right. something she's interested in, then she's got to have space for 12 years to practice that, like mm-hmm. to use that muscle constantly. And right. so we have business fairs where they create their own businesses and have to sell them and make make a profit. And parent, it's not a parent project. Like, Right. Parents cannot step in. And that's hard. (laughs) It's very hard for parents to not step in. Um, We have quests, which are um, specialized projects over the course of several weeks. One was an entrepreneurship quest where they go. You have a little ship and you go from different islands every week. There's oh, wow. branding island. There's um, there's marketplace island. There's research island. There's so Evie comes home and is talking about sunk cost, fixed cost. <laughs> she she drove past oh, Chick Fil A, drove past Chick Fil A and said, "Mama, is that little thing with the that looks like a chicken? Is that their brand?" And I said, "Well, <laughs> it's a part of their brand. I love right. that you know what a brand is." Oh my god! So it's fascinating, and it just—I mean, it's really beautiful. It is. Mm-hmm. We have had, and I, you know, this is my last thing. But uh, does every child have to become an entrepreneur? Not at all. Every right. child needs to learn how to think for themselves, solve yes. problems by themselves, and not grow up for twelve years going to an adult saying, what do I do next? Because you know what that produces? It produces an employee that goes to their boss and says, now what do I do? And that type of employee is never going to fight for the life they want. And I want my children to fight for the life that they want. And I've got to empower them to do that. So I I love that. And I'm just like, oh, what can I do? Like, I wish I was closer, but I'm like, what can I do at home? What can can I do do what, what tips can you give me and anyone else who's like, I want this. There's nothing around here right now. I can't homeschool. Yep. How can I work alongside of public school, private school, whatever, yes. to in, instill these entrepreneurial gifts, mindset mm-hmm. shifts into my kids at any age? I love this. Yes. There is the, so the Acton network is who is kind of like overarching over the school. It's like the network we're a part of, Mm -hmm. Um, but they have something called the Acton Children's Business Fair. And this is something that we do as an Acton, but you don't have to be an Acton. There's actually a nonprofit in Richmond downtown that has been doing Acton Children's Business Fairs long before we ever even started. We're not even affiliated with them, Mm -hmm. but they give you the framework. They give you the website. They give you the model to set up a children's business fair and you get other children in the community with normally entrepreneurial parents. Right. And they set up a booth. And you basically put on this event where your child can sell something that they made and created with their own hands. <laughs> cool. And I guarantee you, if your child gets a taste for how to make mm. money from something they mm-hmm. created, if yes. they have that entrepreneurial spirit, they will lean into it and they'll want to do it the next year and the next yeah. year and the next year. So I actually will send you a link and some information because anybody can do oh, this. Great. And uh-huh. there are okay. thousands of them around the country. 
Oh, wow. Now, besides that, besides like putting on a, a business fair, I would say <laughs> the best thing you can do in your home is to start letting your child, which you're already doing, letting them yeah. become aware of the way the world works outside of the traditional work environment. Right. So when we drive past Chick-fil-A, um, I will, and I say Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A is a big part of our life. <laughs> um, Mine too. But yes, uh, our, our Acton learners actually got to tour our brand new Chick-fil-A. And so there's oh, all wow. these questions. Yes, there's all these uh-huh. questions about it. And Evie says, so no one owns Chick-fil-A. And I'm like, oh, yes, they do. <laughs> Someone owns that Chick-fil-A. And mm-hmm. that owner, that owner is not at that Chick-fil-A all the time because you know why? Right. That owner also owns a Chick-fil-A down the street. He owns yep. two Chick-fil-A's and yep. he gets a percentage of those sales. So we have those mm-hmm. conversations about mm. if I'm just constantly looking for ways to express to her. And the business fair provides that. Like she sold clay ornaments and she paid me $2 an hour to help her make them. And so <laughs> I love this. Wait yes. a minute. She oh, employed yeah. you. <laughs> yes. And we had a tally mark on a post-it note on our kitchen cabinet <laughs> where I would just tally every hour that I worked. And I answered, Angie, I kid you not, I answered a phone call while I was working uh-huh. for her. And Uh-oh, she looks, she looks. She glares at me and she goes, you need to get back to work. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but you know what? She gets it. She uh-huh. gets, I'm paying for your time and you're not right. making another ornament. So, right. This, oh my God. I, I can't wait. Like I'm already thinking, how do I, how do I do this with Cole? How do I do this with Luca? Who's four, you know, how yes. can I instill this in him? Because the age, the age range for your school is what? Um, five to 10 or 11 ish. Wow. So, and it will grow as our mm-hmm. oldest learner grows. Um, mm-hmm. it, it will go all the way through 12th grade. But what's crazy is that what's called launch pad, which is high school, mm-hmm. which is okay. appropriate because you're launching them into the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, half of the school day is them working for businesses and being in the real world. Because I would have loved this in high yes. school. Yes. Because like how much more prepared for the world would you be if you were actually watching and helping someone run a business and mm-hmm. watching them pay taxes and watching them do inventory and watching them wow. market? Yes. Or you can learn about MLA format that is <laughs> just readily available on the internet, but you might not even go to college, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Yes. I, you're blowing some minds right now. You're blowing some minds of people who've been teetering with the idea of going this non-traditional route with, you know, educating their children, including me. And I'm just like, all right, Mm -hmm. like, let's, let's shift some things around here, you know, at home and, and get Mm -hmm. him more involved in my business. I mean, and even being an entrepreneur, most everyone listening Mm -hmm. to this is probably an entrepreneur. We can simply bring them into our business and tell them about what we're doing, talking to them about branding and pricing, showing them the back end of a a website, my my kids will come out like to a photo shoot with like family friends or something where where it's appropriate. Yes, and they just see the photography side, which is great. But then they come home and I'm like, look at the photos. I'm editing the photos now. I'm emailing my client the gallery and I'm asking them to download their photos. Like I'm I'm bringing them into my Love world it. so that it's not just oh, mommy is out taking pictures doing a service. Mommy is running a business. Mommy yes. is contributing to this family. And so um, this is, this is great. This is really, I know uh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful concept to be like, I want to show my daughter 
that like, I realize, hey, I'm pretty good at this. Can I make mm-hmm. money doing this? And can I change lives doing it? It's the perfect, I want her to find that for herself because yes. how fulfilling is it to be someone that gets to use what you're good at mm-hmm. and change people's lives at the same time? Yeah. I mean, most people just have to have a job to pay the bills. And I think that what we experience, you and I, is actually more readily available for others than, than they don't even realize it. They don't even mm-hmm. realize what's possible um, yes. because no one's empowered them to think differently. Right. Right. You're exactly right. I, I want to play a game with you. Can we play a quick game? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Michael, Michael would laugh because I'm the worst game player ever, but I will play games with you, Angie. <laughs> Before I get into the game, there were some headlines about you last year, and you kind of clapped back to them. The headline was, I'm going to read a couple of them. This 35-year-old mom built a side hustle that brings in $240,000 a month. Quote, I only work four hours a day now. (laughs) And then the other one says, a college (laughs) side hustle made her a self-made millionaire before she turned 30. Here's Here's how she got started. And we started this episode with you talking about your team. And I and yes. that's what you were saying. I remember last year when you were talking about this. I mean, the articles are on um, CNBC. They're like yes. big time. And I was just yes. like clapping like, that's my girl. But you're like, okay, wait a minute, guys. It's not just me. You know, no. I have a team. I have people helping. So thanks for breaking that down in the beginning. Yes. What, uh, what you do, what your team does. So in this game... Um, I'm going to give you a category. Okay. And I want you to tell me the three things you would outsource within this category. Because this is a great game. (laughs) I love it. Yay. Okay. So, our first category three things you would outsource in your first five years of business. Okay. Um, First five years of business accounting and bookkeeping. Mm hmm. Um, Towards the end of that five years, maybe even a little sooner, editing. Mm, mm-hmm. That that is yeah. a that, that's something fast. We gotta get get rid of that fast. <laughs> yes, um, absolutely. And house cleaning. Oh, nice. That's not it's not a business. It's not a business item, but it takes hours of your time, uh-huh. and someone else can do it, and you don't need to be like, you know. No one says, hey, I need to be more established in business so that someone else can clean my house. It's like, no, (laughs) that's not how it works. So get that off your plate so Uh you can do more. Yeah. I love that. Okay, next category, three things you'd outsource after hitting five years in business. Uh, Design, website Mm -hmm. development. Yep. That's Mm -hmm. the first thing. You're ready for that. You know who Mm -hmm. you are. Yeah. yeah, If you're not a designer, you shouldn't be wasting your time. You're going to kill yourself doing that. Um, (laughs) It's not going to be as good as a professional. (laughs) Exactly. Uh Um, If you're in weddings, Mm -hmm. I would say um, albums, designing albums, getting that, that's, we got to get rid of that. Um, That that can be done very, in a very streamlined way. Um, Oh, now I'm thinking of things that I should have said for the front end of the other one. Um, the next thing, once you're past five years, um, I, I would say I'd get someone in your inbox because oh, there are a lot of things. Yes. Like I realize now I'm like, I don't need to respond to album questions. I don't mm-hmm. need to respond to inquiries until we decide that they've been vetted. And right. then it actually makes it seem like a very um, 
special experience for a team member to say, hey, you know what, Caitlin at, Caitlin's decided you're a great fit. She's ready to start a conversation with you. And then you pass it on to Caitlin. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now we're emailing with Caitlin and not just the team member. Wow. I'm I'm so glad you said this. I have have not outsourced. Let's just talk about this. I have not outsourced my email. I'm just so nervous. Like I just, I want to have like my finger on things and know who I'm talking to. And I, and I feel like someone's not going to respond the way I like, but, but like you said, these things can be trained, you know, your yes. brand voice can be trained. And then of course they could pass it off to you. So I, maybe, maybe I'll make it a goal this year is to do better. I actually, I actually did something two days ago. I created another email account Good with my, you. Same, with my same domain. And I told my VA and I said, let's work on pushing a couple of things to this email that I don't need to be seeing every day right? that she can, you know, filter out. She can respond to, I mean, even with this podcast, it's me yes. emailing my guests, you know, putting things together. And I'm just like, at what point can I move a couple of things out mm-hmm. of my personal inbox and into her? Yes. So I'm so glad that you yes. said that. When Caitlin forgets her questionnaire pre-recording, <laughs> You don't need to remind me. Your assistant needs to remind me. I mean, it's it's so true though. I would say a, a, let's let's break it down to a micro level. Mm-hmm. A starting place is not even like, well, I don't want to give up all, all these emails. Pay someone to filter for you. Yeah. Pay pay mm-hmm. someone to just give you a your emails to look at. And that can be the first step of the process. And mm-hmm. so, um, and and so also thinking through this, you're right. You don't have to never talk to these people. Right. It's that you don't need to do the initial welcome for potential branding clients. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. You can have a, a streamlined process that makes sure that they're a great fit, and then have a team member hand it over to Angie. And it feels right. like this. You you see more professional, and you see more in demand. If hmm. you if you Ooh. can't like someone told me. <laughs> recently they're like the fact that you don't respond to emails makes me realize you're you're a bigger deal than i thought oh mic drop right there it's like wow so all these entrepreneurs that are clinging to control uh-huh. are actually per- giving a perception that they're yeah. not that big of a deal oh i love Yay. that say i love it. that say bye to email angie <laughs> I'm going to work on it. I promise. I love yes. it. The first step was getting that other inbox. So yes. now I'm like, that's a great right. step. Start great changing step. my email address in certain places so that they go to that one. Okay. I love, love that. It. All right. I love it. Next category. Um, and you already, this is going to be an overlap because you already answered one of these three okay. things you'd outsource around your home. Oh, so one was house cleaning. One was house cleaning. Um, we outsource our grocery shopping to Instacart. And I know, (laughs) I know it costs more. I get it. And sometimes they pick horrible raspberries and my kids won't eat them. And that's a bummer. The produce is the worst. The produce is the worst. But I mean, the hours it saves us. It's just, I I can't get rid of it. So I would outsource whatever I have to leave the house to get reoccurring things that someone else could pick up for me. I'm going to pay someone to do Mm -hmm. that. Um, Mm We outsource cleaning of the house. I mm-hmm. would I would even look, it, depending on how many children you have, yeah. looking into a once a week laundry fulfillment service. Um, oh we, my gosh, please. It, would that be amazing? Michael oh is God. actually doing ours right now, but we have mm-hmm. had seasons that have been so hard that um, they literally pick it up and then it's that evening, it's on your doorstep folded in a big canvas bag and you just have to put it away. Oh my God. 
That yeah. sounds amazing. Laundry is the bane of my existence. Oh my goodness. I know. Um, and it's not that expensive, really. Yeah. A so. quick note about the grocery shopping because I mean we were using Instacart way before the pandemic. I feel like everyone hopped on to yes. online groceries. And I was like, no, we've been doing it way in the past. So I, I made I've I've been really focusing on trying to manage this work life balance. So at the top mm-hmm. of the year, I told my husband, I was like, during the day when the kids are in school, preschool, I'm working on business tasks. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing anything around the house, okay? After the kids come home, I'm going to do my best to turn everything business off and do mom life and cooking and housekeeping, all those stuff. I don't, I don't want this year to be, you know, the two are merging. Like they've been, Mm -hmm. they've been the past 10, 11 years, to be honest. And so on Monday this week, I was working and I realized my, my son wanted something. He wanted a snack for when he got home from school. And I was like, oh, no, Instacart's not going to make it in time. Let me run out during the day and get this snack. And I went to Walmart because I had to pick up a prescription. I would have went somewhere else. I went to Walmart and I was like, OK, let me get the snack. Oh, but we know we need we need pasta sauce for spaghetti. And girl, I was there for 45 minutes. Yeah. And I remember spent all I, this money. Yeah. Spent all this money, spent all this time. And when I came, when I got home and the kids were back, I was like, oh, you know what? I should have done this during that hour. Let me like answer a couple emails. Let me do some stuff for the podcast when my kids were around. And when they went to bed, I told my husband, I was like, why did I go to Walmart during the middle of the day, middle of the work day? Why didn't I just pick up Koa, go to Walmart with him and grab it on the way home? Or why didn't I just say, let me do an Instacart and Koa, you can have your snack at eight o'clock at night instead of right when you get home. Like I have, I was like, you have to make better decisions, Angie. You have to make better decisions. And one of them is having somebody else grocery shop for you. Yes. <laughs> because especially if you need something during the day, I don't, you don't need to be going to the grocery store during limited <laughs> office hours. Like yes. what are you thinking? <laughs> I know. I, you know what? I've done the same thing. And I don't know if this is true for you, but I find that I do that when I'm avoiding something subconsciously with my work. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you need to update that webinar? It's no wonder you decided to run to Target for something. (laughs) Right. Oh, Target is like you're in there for hours. It's the worst. You're like $200 later. It's like, what happened here? Uh I have no idea. Um, (laughs) No, that is is truly a struggle. And for me, you know, I... I don't know if this is helpful, but I struggle with the same exact thing. And mine is more in regards to the morning. So if you Mm. read all the books about like multimillionaires and they all make their beds and get up at five. (laughs) Well, I don't fit into that category. Um, (laughs) But I have noticed, you know, there's an idea in the coaching that we do about resisting and surrendering. Um, Like what are things in my life that I'm resisting? And if I just surrendered to it and found the purpose in it, then maybe it wouldn't be such a battle. Aren't middle, our middle son, middle youngest son, we have four, mm-hmm. uh, is waking up at 5 a.m. <laughs> now we are, Michael and I spend so much of our energy being frustrated yeah. with that problem. Yeah. But at the same time, do you know what I say I want in the morning? It's to get up at 5 a.m. and work out. <laughs> it's like, okay, so you know what I've done this week is I have, it's been 530. He's given us uh-huh. 30 minutes more. But I decided instead of fighting with him yeah, and being sad that I feel like I don't have enough one-on-one time, I'm going to recognize that like my child's getting up at 530. I'm going to get up with him. And guess who works out with me in the basement every morning right, oh, right now? Oh, I love it. So I have, I'm getting time with Rhett. 
Uh-huh. And that's hard with four kids. And yes. I'm getting a miniature workout in, which makes me feel like my day is a little more put together. Mm-hmm. And it all started because I stopped resisting the issue. Now, can he forever get up that early? No. But in this season, right. I'm recognizing that like, if I stop fighting it, maybe I'll find the answers I want. And so yeah. anyway, it, when it comes to procrastinating or running out to get the snack, like I'm always mm-hmm. looking for like, what's actually going on here? Mm. You know, what is mm-hmm. actually happening why for me maybe it's procrastination i'm trying right. to avoid or right. for you maybe it's you know how clear is the commitment of like yeah i what's the vision of what life will look like if you stick to the whole mom life business life the vision right. is more present less overwhelmed yeah um more time with your boys your boys don't see your laptop in front of your face as much so right the vision of what i want for my days is what drove me to finally say you know what i'm just going to get up with them and I'm mm-hmm. going to do what I say I want. Um, it finally bugged me enough. And I, I'm finally <laughs> finding solutions there. <laughs> so I love that. That was so helpful. Thank you. Yes, Thank you're you. welcome. Okay. Three things you'd outsource to your kids. Oh, well, yes. Like self-development. Gosh, these are great questions. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, depending on their age. It is making lunch. Evie gets a choice every morning if she wants to make her own breakfast or make her own lunch for school. Oh, okay. So when she's not feeling the whole like pack the lunch box, she mm-hmm. better be feeling make herself a waffle. So right. she gets so it gives her choice and she normally seems pretty excited about it. So that's one thing. Um another thing to outsource to children, our young boys are in charge of breaking down boxes from Instacart <laughs> orders. Oh, that's so, fun. That's and it's really great. Fun. It's great, like sensory for like, yeah. caps. if you want to jump on the box, smash the box, cut the box with kid scissors, whatever you need to do, <laughs> they got to be flat to go to the dump. Oh um, my God, that's so good. Because yeah. I was thinking, what in the world can I do with my four-year-old? And that is fun. Yeah. Yes. And keeps them busy with mm-hmm. their hands. Um, another thing we outsource to our children uh, is putting away laundry, which Mm -hmm. is hilarious because our boys are close to the same size. So their clothes are a hot mess in their drawers, (laughs) but it allows us to feel less overwhelmed with laundry. And honestly, any child can do that. They know where their underwear drawer is. They know. So, um, those are some tasks. And then when we do, we outsource daily cleanup at the end of the day. So when Mm -hmm. dinner is done, you ask to be excused, you clear your plate, Mm -hmm. and then you're a part of family cleanup. And it's not just dinner. It is like the downstairs of our house needs to be put together. And we realize just making that blanket statement doesn't work. So we assign toys. Evie's doing magnet tiles. Anything with wheels is Graham's job. Anything that's artsy is Rhett's job. Pick it all up. And that... You know, it's like micromanaging outsourcing, but it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the systems that you have. It's it's like you're never like, okay, everybody clean up, pick a pick an area, and it's just chaos. Like they, yes. like you know what's going on, they know what's going on. That gives them this sense of like responsibility and competition, competition, mm-hmm. and competition. <laughs> yes. yes, and reward. So their reward for doing that without whining is mm-hmm. you get it's so sweet. Like the big, greatest thing you could give my children is to wrestle with Michael before bed. The greatest Aww. thing. It's all they want. Um, or or hide and seek or a dance party, but normally it's uh-huh. just wrestling. So that's the reward <laughs> and my outsourcing works like a charm. Yes, yes. Okay, I need to add some to my list. That's really yes. fun. Last one. And I don't know how you're going to answer it because I don't know how I would answer it. (laughs) Three things you would outsource in your marriage. (laughs) 
fascinating. <laughs> um, Anything to do with you and Michael? Like, what could you have yes. somebody else do? <laughs> yes. Um, okay. This is this is a good one. This is really good. I'm thinking through. Um, I would, if there was a way to do this, <laughs> I would outsource like the weekly conversation of our calendar. Gosh, I. <laughs> I despise it. It's like pulling <laughs> teeth. It's miserable, uh -huh. but we have to do it. I wish I could outsource yeah. that. And we all just like both automatically knew what was happening. Mm -hmm. um, in our marriage, I would outsource uh, <laughs> picking, up, picking up Michael's shoes and coats. We have this phrase for our children, shoes in the bucket, coats on the hook. And uh -huh. they know. Like yeah. it's, to the, it's to a like Christmas tomb. Anyway. The kids, the kids can do it, but Michael can't seem yeah. to do it. So I would, I would pay someone to keep up with his coats and his shoes, keep mm -hmm. them in the mudroom. Um, yeah. But yeah. more, more seriously, I think um, I would outsource. Well, and this, this really probably isn't healthy, but I think Michael and I would serve us really well to have someone that would help us with our intentionality because mm. we are trying to get better with our one-on-one -on -one time with each child. But yeah. we also need one-on-one -on -one time together. And right. that's so hard to do. And I think yeah. if we had someone that would just tell us like, hey, this is what you have signed yourself up for. You are going to do this date night. It's already planned here. You're going to yeah. do this. Um, but truthfully, a healthy marriage, I think, is a, is in a place where you fight to make that happen yourself because that's, mm -hmm. that's what you need. So yeah. I don't know if that's where you're going with this, but man, the outsourcing I, in marriage is hard. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. I, I added this question and I was like, I don't even know. I was like, maybe I would outsource. Like, I always ask Sean, like, can you rub my feet? <laughs> like, can you just rub my yeah. feet? And sometimes he's over it. And I'm like, I would just have somebody come in here and rub my feet all the yes. time. <laughs> yes. Well, Michael and I both, I'm like, you know, maybe my shoulders are always tight. Like you squeeze my shoulders, but I'm, I'm, I'm not physical touch is like, obviously like not my top. <laughs> I, um, but I will say, I will say that Michael would say for me, the mm -hmm. thing, which is very sweet of him, he always pushes me and even schedules for me self-care things. He does oh, that it. for me because oh, I, wow. don't, I don't do it for myself. So he'll be like, hey, mm -hmm. you have an empty Saturday. Can I schedule you a massage? So I'm like, yes, thank oh, you. Oh, my goodness. So I love that's that. That's a gift. That is such mm -hmm. a gift to me. Um but I probably should, you know what? I should probably do that for myself. That would be a good improvement for me. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. Yes, well, I love yes. that he does that for you. That's yeah, super very sweet. sweet. It's very sweet. I'm going to write that down. Like, Sean, can you um, <laughs> can you take over the scheduling of my self-care? I'm Thank outsourcing you. that to you. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. Oh, oh Karen, man. Thank you so much for this conversation. This oh. was so good. So, oh, I so it. Good. Where can our listeners find you on, you know, your website, Instagram? Yes. I always tell people, if you want to follow my life, that's on Instagram. If you mm -hmm. want to learn and you're a photographer, that's on YouTube. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then if you want to kind of learn and grow with me as I learn and grow as an entrepreneur, a lot of that is on a podcast. Mm -hmm. And um, the website is just a connection to all those places. So awesome. awesome. Yes. I will link everything in the show notes to uh, check out Caitlin and all the amazing things that she talked about today. Thank you so, so much. And um, yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you so much, Angie. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in to the Angie McPherson show. I hope this episode ignited a fire within you, motivating you to take bold and inspired action. 
As a gift for listening, I've created a free download of my business toolkit featuring all the essential tools and apps I use to grow my business. Just head over to angiemcpherson.com slash toolkit to get your copy. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing and leaving a rating or review wherever you're listening. And if you're feeling extra generous, sharing the podcast with a friend goes a long way. And I am truly grateful for your support. For any resources and links mentioned in today's episode, make sure to check out the show notes. Keep moving forward, friend, as each step takes you closer to your goals. I'll catch you next week for another episode.